Hi there. Thank you for choosing to listen to this sermon. We pray that God would use this as an added resource to benefit you in conjunction with you belonging to a local church near you. This sermon was preached at Central Baptist Church Pretoria. 130 years of believers loving God, caring for one another and impacting the world. Good evening family. If you have been with us for a while, you are aware that we've been going through a series in the book of 1 Samuel. However, this evening we'll take what I like to call an ad break and we will consider the gospel of Mark. So if you've got your copy of God's word, please turn with us to the gospel of Mark and we will be in chapter 12 and we'll consider verse 28 through to 34. Mark chapter 12 from verse 28 to verse 34. Friends, family, we have come to the high point of our service this evening. And my desire this evening is that we would see Jesus Christ high and lifted up, that we would be edified, that we would leave this place loving God more and loving one another more. But for us to be able to do that, we need God to be working in our hearts. So please bow with me as I ask God to help me as I bring forth his word. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your church. I thank you for your word. I thank you that you have given us your word which is suitable for all matters of life and godliness. Lord God, I pray that as we look into your word this evening that we would see glorious truths of our savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. I pray Lord God that you would stir our affections, that we might love you more, that we might love one another more. But Lord God, I pray also that if there be any unbelieving soul in this building this evening, that by the power of your spirit, by the power of your word, you would pierce their heart, you would make them realize their sin, that you would cause them to behold Christ high and lifted up, that they would call unto him and be saved. So God, I pray that you would use me this evening to preach that which is your word and nothing but your word. Keep my mouth away from error I ask in Jesus name. Amen. Friends, I have a question for us before we begin this evening. What was the most important rule you were given growing up? I want you to think back of the time when you were growing up and think about the most important rule you were given either by your parents or by your teachers or whoever what was the most important rule you were given growing up The most important rule I was given growing up by my parents was to respect My mother would often say to Lamo you must be respectful Respect the Lord, respect us as your parents, respect the elderly, respect your teachers, respect your peers, respect, respect, respect. If I were to sum up all the rules I was given, they will all boil down to that one word, respect. The only rule that appeared to matter was to respect because it was always emphasized. Well this evening we will ask ourselves a similar question what is the only commandment that matters so if you're a note taker the big idea this evening is the only commandment that matters 
We know the commandments that the Lord gives us. He says, you shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself a carved image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or serve them. You shall not take the name of your Lord, your God, in vain. Remember the Sabbath day. Honor your father and your mother. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet and so on and so forth. The Jewish people had a long list of rules. Well, is there a way to sum up all of these commandments. What is the only commandment that matters? This evening I will propose that the only commandment that matters is the great commandment. And the great commandment is love God and love others. Please consider the text this evening, Mark chapter 12 from verse 28 to 34. Hear God's word And one of the scribes came and heard them disputing with one another, and seeing that he answered them well, asked him, which commandment is the the most important of all? And Jesus answered, the most important is, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. And the scribe said to him, you are right, teacher. You have truly said that he is one and there is no other besides him. And to love him with all the heart and with all the understanding and with all the strength and to love one's neighbor as oneself is much more than all whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. And when Jesus saw that he answered wisely, he said to him, you are not far from the kingdom of God. And after that, no one dared to ask him any more questions. Before we unpack God's holy, timeless word this evening, we need to consider the context of this passage. We need to consider the events that lead us to this question about the only commandment that matters. When we get to Mark chapter 12, a series of events have already unfolded. The religious leaders of Israel are upset and raging because of what Jesus Christ had been doing. In fact, If you look back a few verses, you will notice that Jesus had cleansed the temple by driving out those who set up business in it, and this left the Sadducees furious. Well, this disgruntlement was spreading like wildfire. The Sanhedrin were also beginning to feel angry and vengeful because Jesus was confronting their abhorrent theology. Well, this led them to scheming and formulating a plan to try and publicly discredit the Lord Jesus Christ in the hopes that they might kill him. In Mark 12, we notice a series of questions aimed at Jesus to try and discredit him. In Mark 12, 13 to 17, we see the first attempt. Mark 12, 18 to 27 presents the second attempt. And our text this evening will show us the third and the final attempt. Friends, I said, 
This evening, my, I'm going to propose that the only commandment that matters is the great commandment. Love God and love others. But before we look at that, let's consider verse 28 and see how this question came about. Verse 28 says, And one of the scribes came up and heard them disputing with one another, and seeing that he answered them well, he asked, Which commandment is the most important of all? The scribe noted in this text was a Pharisee. Pharisees were a group of religious people who specialized in the interpretation and the application of the law of Moses, the Old Testament, and the rabbinic regulations. However, it is important to know that this scribe was probably sincere in his intentions and approach. Mark notes that he asked his question because of having heard Jesus answer the other scribes well, which makes us think that he might have had good intentions. His question sets the scene. His question is our question this evening. His question has great weight and significance. Which commandment is the most important of all? Most of you will know my testimony. I grew up in a Christian home. I heard the gospel truth. And for a large part of my life, I thought that obeying the Ten Commandments was the only way to be a Christian. It wasn't until later on that I realized that Jesus is the one who died for my sins and that by putting my faith and my trust in him, that was the only way I would have eternity with God. But while I was still thinking that the commandments was a way to earn my salvation, I wish I had asked that question, which is the most important commandment? Perhaps I would have had a greater advantage in keeping the commandment. This question, friends, is still relevant today. Whether you are an unbeliever or you are growing in your faith, whether you are young or old, whether you are passionate about the things of God or not, this is an important question. And the answer to this question is of paramount importance. So hear God's word and hear how Jesus answers. Verse 29 says, Jesus answered, the most important is... Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. Jesus gives the most basic and foundational Old Testament truth. This is known as the Shema, and the word Shema is the Hebrew word for the verb hear, which appears at the beginning of Deuteronomy 6, verse 4. We know that Deuteronomy is a series of messages from Moses to Israel, reminding them of the Lord and his holiness. But notice what Jesus says. He says, love your God with all your heart. And this evening, I want to spend some time unpacking the meaning and the implications of this love for God. Jesus says, love God with all your heart, and the word love connotes the Greek word agapao. This is a love of intelligence, a love of will, a love of purpose, a love of choice, a love of sacrifice and obedience. This is a love that is wholly devoted to God as supreme being. The Shema insists that we love God, that we agapow God with our whole being. 
And in order to capture the essence of our whole being, this text is going to single out our heart, our soul, our mind, and our strength. What does it mean to love God with all your heart? I think many of us are are familiar with the phrase, I love you with all my heart. We often say this when we want to convey the height and the depth and the width of our love for another person. I love you with all my heart conveys the message that I love you with every fiber of my being. In fact, it conveys that our interaction with that person will be lovely. We are familiar with this use with the use of this language. Well, in this text tonight, the, the, the use of the word heart is similar even in our context. The heart in the Hebrew understanding is the core of a person's identity. It is the source of all thoughts, words, and actions. The heart is the birthplace of all things. Do you remember what Jesus says in Luke 6, verse 45, he says, The good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good, and the evil person out of his evil treasure he produces evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. The only commandment that matters is the great commandment. Love the Lord your God with all your heart. Family and friends, Can we this evening say that our thoughts, our words, our actions display a love for God? Follow with me in your text. Look at what Jesus says next. He says, love the Lord your God with all your soul. Again, do you remember the Lord Jesus Christ in Matthew 26 verse 38? He says, my soul is very sorrowful even to death. The idea of the soul is the idea of emotion, that which makes you feel and experience emotions. Does God have all of your emotions? Do you love him so much that you feel, like Peter, a joy that is so inexpressible and filled with glory is your greatest delight found in God and in him alone? Or are your affections captured by something else. Jesus continues to say, love the Lord your God with all your mind. The mind here considers your will, your intentions, and your purposes. In order to love God, you must know him. The apostle Paul would often praise and he often says, be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. As believers, we ought to study God's word and to know him from what he has revealed. As I was preparing this text, I found a quote by Vodi Buckham very helpful. This is what he has to say. He says, quote, The modern church is producing passionate people with empty heads who love the Jesus they don't know very well. End quote. The only commandment that matters is the great commandment. Love the Lord your God with all your mind. Well, finally, love the Lord your God with all your strength. My fiance often says that love is simple. She says, when you love somebody, you say it and you show it. 
Well, similarly, this text is clear. If you love God, you do not only say it, your actions must show a love for God. Strength in this text refers to a physical energy and function, obeying God's commandments, serving the local church. All these acts are acts of love. Family, friends, the only commandment that matters is the great commandment. Love God and love people. John MacArthur has this to say about loving God. Quote, he says, the intellectual, emotional, volitional, and physical elements of personhood are all involved in loving God. Genuine love for God is an intelligent love, an emotional love, a willing love, and an active love. In short, it is a comprehensive all-consuming love and singular adoration. God's wholehearted love for believers must not be reciprocated with half-hearted devotion, end quote. The only commandment that matters is the great commandment. We've looked at loving God. Secondly, we will look at loving others. Consider verse 31 with me. Jesus continues to say, the second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other greater commandment than these. Now, this appears to be a commandment all on its own. However, it is linked to loving God. John intimates that you cannot claim to love God, yet go on to hate your brother. These two things are antithetical to one another. They are opposite one another. Loving your neighbor must expand to loving one's enemies like Jesus taught on the Sermon on the Mount. We are to love and to pray for our enemies. Something important to note in this text is that this commandment does not advocate for self-love. We people, we humans, have an innate love for ourselves. However, Jesus calls for that innate self-love to be given to strangers and enemies. Friends, family, don't capitulate to the pressure of this world that argues that one should only love those who love them. Jesus commands that we love those who do not love us. The only commandment that matters is the great commandment. Love God and love others. To make my conclusion and a few implications from this text, I will pull them out from verse 32 to 34. So consider it in your own Bibles with me. And the scribe said to him, you are right, teacher, You have truly said that he is one and there is no other besides him. And to love him with all the hearts and with all the understanding and with all the strength and to love one's neighbor as oneself is much more than all whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. Verse 34, and when Jesus saw that he answered wisely, he said to him, you are not far from the kingdom of God. And after that, no one dared to ask him any more questions. The scribe's affirmation that Jesus' answer was correct indicated the failure of the Sanhedrin's final attempt to trap him. However, I want to draw our attention to the Lord's closing remark for our application this evening. 
Jesus says, you are not far from the kingdom of God. I want us to pause here, family and friends, and I want, us, I want to address the unbeliever in the room this evening. You are not far from the kingdom of God. This cannot be said about you if you are an unbeliever. You are far from the kingdom of God. In fact, we are all born far from his kingdom. We are by nature enemies of God and children of distraction. We have sinned against him because we have failed to love him with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind, and with all our strength. We have chased after other things and we have forsaken the one and only true God. And for that, we have a grave penalty looming over our heads. The cost of that penalty is death. However, in this is love. Not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and he sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Jesus Christ, the perfect son of God, he lived a perfect life and died a substitutionary death in your place. The call on your life is that you repent, turn away from your sin and turn to God by believing in Jesus. Turn from your love for the things of this world and wholly love the creator of all things. If you are sitting here this evening and you haven't forsaken the love of this world and you have disobeyed God and you have never believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, please do not tarry. Speak to one of the elders this evening before you go and ask him about this gospel message. Well, what about the believer in the room? How does this text apply to us as believers? How does the great commandment, love God and love others, apply to us this evening? Church, do you remember the words to the church in Ephesus? Revelations 2, 4 says, But I have this against you, that you have abandoned the love you, you had at first. Can you honestly say that you have been loving God with your whole being? That you have been loving others as yourself? That from the tip of your head to the soles of your feet, you have been consumed with great affection for the one who saved your soul? Does your heart long for God? Are you filling your mind with his word and are you serving him with all your might? If not, turn again to the one who saved your soul and love him with all your being as you continue to love others. The only commandment that matters is the great commandment. Love God and love others. Let us pray. Gracious Father, even as we heard your word this evening, I pray that you would also pierce my own heart with your word. Lord God, I pray that you would make us a church that loves you. Help us, Father, to, to love you with our heart, with our soul, with our mind, and with our strength. Lord God, help us to love others as we love ourselves. I pray that as we hear this message, it wouldn't go in one ear and out the other, but that you'd pierce our hearts, that you would cause us to obey your word and help us to live in reverence and obedience to your word.
So Lord, please help us and bless us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this sermon. Find out more about Central Baptist Church at www.central.org.za.